Well, good morning, church. Everybody doing good? Yeah, well, I want to welcome you this morning. If you're a guest with us, we want to say welcome to you. We're so grateful that you're with us today. My name is Rick. I have the joy of being the pastor here at Warehouse Church. We definitely want to welcome those of you that are worshiping with us online. And uh, so last Sunday was an amazing Sunday. It was Resurrection Sunday. And uh, man, what a great Sunday we had celebrating Easter together. And you know, something changed. And we said this last week, we said that Easter changed everything. And, and it changed the heart of the disciples or those who first followed Jesus. As a matter of fact, uh, it kind of answered the question for them, why am I here? Like it was like they, they, were, they walked with Jesus for three years and then after, uh, after the resurrection, everything changed and there was like a light bulb that went off and they knew exactly why they were here on earth. And so today, uh, we're starting a brand new series, and, uh, and it's called, um, excuse me, it's called Life on Purpose, and we're taking a look at and exploring the question, why am I here? So over the next few weeks, we're going to be diving into that question, we're going to be uh, attempting to answer that question for everyone around here, and, and I would love for you to know that like Easter changed everything for the disciples and answered the question for them, why am I here? It can do the very same thing for you and for me. And so before we jump in, why don't we pray and invite the Holy Spirit to lead our conversation. Would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you so much for today. God, I thank you that we could spend time in worship with you and singing our praises to you and bringing glory to you and putting a smile on your face. And Father, right now, as we jump into your word, my prayer is as it always is, is that you'd remove the scales from our eyes. God, you'd unplug our ears and you would soften our hearts today so that we could see, hear, and know exactly what it is that you have for us. Because Lord, I believe with all of my heart that you have a word for every single person in here. In your name we pray, amen. So why on earth am I here? I don't know if you remember, but growing up, there's like this time where you reach a certain age uh, I don't know if it's because of your height or maybe because of what grade you're in, but people began to ask this question of you. They began to ask the question, what do you want to be when you grow up, right? They ask you, what do you want to do when you grow up? What, what does that look like? And, and we respond in a lot of different ways as little ones. And we might say something like, oh, I want to be a teacher or I want to be a fireman or I want to be a police officer. Or if you're like my daughter, I want to be an FBI agent because that's what she grew up saying. And, and some of us, some of us grow up to be exactly what we said we wanted to be when we were little. And others of us, we grew up and we became something different. But here's what I know is that as we grow older, that question moves from a question of action, what do I want to be when I grow up, or what do I want to do when I grow up, it moves to a question of experience, or of existence. And we began to ask ourselves the question, why am I alive? Like, why am I alive? Why am I here? And then after the question of existence, we move to the question of significance, and the question of, does my life matter? Does my life actually matter? And I remember, uh, many of us, we remember particular birthdays or particular celebrations of birthdays that stood out to you. And for me, it was my 30th. And I remember my 30th birthday that I had this moment of crisis. And I remember sitting in, in, my, in, in my recliner in my home and just having this moment of crisis, asking myself this question. Does my life matter? And today I want us to 
think about a similar question. It's a question uh, that we've all asked. It's a question of what on earth am I here for? Why am I here? And in the macro, think about it in the macro, like why am I here in the world? Why am I here in the universe? Why am I here on earth? But also, I want us to think about it in the micro, like why am I here in this room? Why am I in, in my home and with my family? And why am I in the neighborhood that I live in and the home that I live in? Why am I in my workplace? Why am I in my community? Why am I on the street that I live in? Why am I here? And, and we're all searching for the answer to this question. And the reason that we're all searching is, well, it's because it's kind of human nature. It's, it's in us. It's in us to ask the question and to know, want to know the answer to the question, why am I here? here. And I believe with all of my heart that we can find the answer to that question, why am I here, in God's word. Unfortunately, we often look in the wrong places. It's like that old song that used to be saying, looking for love in all the wrong places. It's like we're looking for our purpose in all the wrong places. We often start within. We often start uh, trying to find our purpose and power or in the ability to get our own way into controlling things. Or uh, we start to find our purpose with prestige or maybe even titles or labels. Or, uh, and that's the ability for people to honor you along the way because of your title. Uh, or maybe we try and find purpose with our possessions. You know, the, that's the things that we claim that we own that we really don't own. And we try and find our purpose in all of those things. But you see, if we're trying to find our place, our purpose in all of those things, all of those things eventually fade away. They eventually go away. And we, I believe, must go to the creator to find our purpose. Like, doesn't that make sense that we go to the great designer, the one who designed us and molded us and shaped us and formed us, wouldn't it make sense for us to go to the creator to find our purpose? It's the whole idea that if we can figure out that we can walk in the purpose that God has given us, that it actually impacts our lives in beautiful and amazing ways. If we can just figure out how to walk in the purposes that God has for you and for me. And I've noticed this in my own life. I've noticed that walking in your God-given purpose provides meaning to your life. That when we are walking in the ways that God designed us and designed our lives to be, that, that we find this meaning. We find this purpose in our life. I've worked at a lot of jobs in my life. And, 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 and I've worked at a lot of jobs because I was just trying to figure out uh, what I wanted to do. Uh, I changed my major in college numerous times because I thought, ah, this is what I was created for. And then I was like, uh, nope, that's not it. Oh, engineering, that's what I'm created for. Oh, there's math in that. Nope, that's not it. Oh, I was created for accounting. Again, math, Rick, no. And so I, I did a lot of jobs. I changed my major a lot of times to try and figure out what I wanted to do. I worked fast food. I worked uh, retail. I was offered management positions in retail stores. I, I, tried, local law, I tried law enforcement, and, and I gave it all up. I gave it all up to be a part of leading God's church into the future. I discovered what my purpose was. 
I could have made a lot of more money in retail and management. I, I could have been like Walker, Texas Ranger, right? Like drop kicking, kicking criminals behind bars. Like I could have done that. But that's not what God wired me to do. I discovered my purpose, or I discovered that my calling was to tell people about Jesus. So I chose to work in the local church because that's what God called me to do. I was searching for the meaning in my life and I had all these decisions that I had to make and I discovered that walking in God's purpose both simplified my life and it focused my life. Like it would have been a whole lot easier if I discovered my purpose as a freshman in college rather than as a senior in college. I would have saved a lot of money and a lot of time. I would have been a lot simpler. I would have also had a lot more focus in my life if I'd figured it out. Now, here's what I want you to know is that we all have different purposes, that your purpose looks different from my purpose. Your calling looks different from my calling. And my prayer is that you would ask the question, just start asking the question, what is my purpose? Like, why, why am I a roofer, or why am I an accountant, or why am I a teacher, or why am I a stay-at-home parent, or why am I a plumber, or why am I a business owner? Like, why am I a son or a daughter? Why am I a mom or a dad? Or why am I a grandparent or a great-great-grandparent? Or why am I retired? And thinking of retirement, I want you to know this, too, that, that you can retire from your career, but you can never retire from your calling. And that's huge. You can retire from your career, but you can never retire from your calling. And the answer to the question, why am I here? Like I said, it's found in scripture. And, if, and when I sat at the feet of Jesus, and when I spent time asking God, God, what's the next step that you want me to take? And how can I use the giftings? How can I use how you've wired me and designed me? How can I use the giftings that you've given me to lead people to you? I find that it fulfills parts of my life that I never even knew existed. That when I'm living in my purpose, that I find myself fulfilled in ways that I've never been before. So the truth is this, that living in your God-given purpose fulfills your life. It fulfills your life. And over the past uh, five weeks, uh, we've uh, executive team, which is the team of folks that come together that, that run like the everyday run-ins of the church. Your executive team, we've been traveling through the Cazone experience before we unleash it on you all in a couple of weeks. And so it's this, this retreat that we're going to do in the end of, of April, and it's a retreat that helps us to discover our purpose. And so our executive team has been going through it. And, and each of us took the time to come up with our purpose because that's what the Kazone experience does is it helps you to narrow in or zero in on your purpose, on God's purpose for your life. And you, you end the whole uh, process with a purpose statement, but not just a purpose statement, but you also end with how does that look in your everyday life? And so every one of us discovered our purpose, and I wanted to share a few of those with you. James Allen, who's on our executive team, uh, discovered that his purpose, that the reason that he exists is to tell others about Jesus through worship. And that's the whole reason that God created James Allen, is so that others can know about the name of Jesus through worship. And so James is up here every Sunday leading in worship, and he's, he's leading all behind the scenes. Like, he's got like an iP two iPads, a phone, and a laptop, keyboard, everything else all going on at once, 
Only James can do that. Like, I can't do that. Like, I'd push one button, it'd be the wrong button. It'd like, we would, it would be the ejection seat button, and we'd all fly out of here. Like, it would just be the wrong one. But James discovered his purpose. Jerrica, uh, uh, Parsley, she, she discovered that she exists to be a living example of God's love in the spaces where, God's lead, where God leads her. And we were just talking uh, a couple weeks ago how uh, there was an opportunity that God put her in this space that she never saw coming, and God used that moment to be an example, a living example of God's love. So she's not only discovered her purpose, but now she's seeing how that purpose is played out in her everyday life. Beth Griffiths is also on our team, and she discovered that her purpose is to create uh, space, experiences, and programs that encourage families to live Christ-centered lives and to boldly champion women in ministry. And so Beth has discovered that her purpose is to invest in families and to, and to invest in women who are pursuing careers in ministry. Lori Bricken is also on our team, and she discovered that her purpose, or the reason she exists, is to be a virtuous woman who equips emerging servant leaders while guiding her family to pursue God. And so she's passionate and discovered that God has given her a purpose, and her purpose is to help emerging leaders to grow uh, and, and, and to become not just leaders, but to become servant leaders, and that she feels like she wants to help her family to pursue God. And so it's been so amazing that we started out with an empty blank slate, and every one of us left the Kazone experience understanding better why we were created, what our purpose was. And so I hope, and, and I, here's my plug for you, is that you will join us on April 28th and 29th for the Kazone experience, and that you will come and, 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 and spend intentional time uh, working on why you're here, working on answering the question, why am I here? And not just working on it, but coming up with this purpose statement, being able to share it with others, because we're going to look at your past. We're going to look at, at your, the things that you value the most. We're going to look at different things and bring them all together so that you might leave here knowing why you exist. So we all exist for different purposes. And I love that about every one of these, James and Lori and Beth and Jerrica's, every one of their purpose is different, right? But it all has the same end game. And the same end game is for other people to know Jesus. So we all have the same end game, but the way we get there looks very different for all of us. Listen, you're not all, we're not all called to be pastors, right? Like not all of you want to come up here and get on stage and, and share a message every week. Uh, so a lot of people go, Aren't, doesn't that make you nervous? I'm like, for me, no, it doesn't because this is the way God has wired me, right? This is my purpose. I'm fulfilling God's given purpose for my life. But we're not all created to be pastors. But we have all been given the great command and we've all been given a great commission that we are to go and tell people about Jesus. So whatever your purpose is, the end game again of that purpose is to tell other people about Jesus. And each of us has been given this unique purpose and a unique design to impact the world around you in a way that only you can do it. That only you can impact certain people the way that you can when you're living out your purpose. And so like, I can't walk into your workplace and say, hey, guess what? I'm gonna be you today because that's what your workplace needs. Like you would never come up to me and say, I'm gonna be you today, Pastor Rick. I'm gonna be the one preaching the sermon today because the church needs me. Like that's not how you've been gifted or called. If you have, let's have a conversation so we can get you up here, but, but that's not it. And so I would never go into your workplace and do that because here's what I know 
And here's what I know to be true is that your workplace needs you. It doesn't need me, it needs you. And it needs you to be the hands and feet of Jesus so that you can impact the world in a beautiful way. Because here's the deal, God has put you in a specific place for a specific time and a specific reason. And so you're where you're at when you're living in your purpose, you're right where you are so that you can impact the world. Mark Twain said these two amazing words, the author of Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer, and he wrote these amazing words, I love it. He says, the two most important days of a person's life are the day they are born and the day they find out why. And that just clear as a bell. Like the two greatest days in your life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. And I believe that to be true. And, And maybe you are still on this journey. Maybe you're like, well, Pastor Rick, I haven't figured out the answer to that question. That's okay. Like, let's keep asking the question. Let's keep searching. Let's keep journeying. Let's keep doing it together until you find out the why. But I believe this. I believe that our purpose... Again, I'm going to say it again, can be found directly out of Scripture. And if we go back to the first century, there was an author, and there was a pastor, and there was a church planner, and his name was Paul. And he wrote this letter to the church at Ephesus, but he also wrote it to all the churches in the surrounding area. And he wrote this, this letter because he wanted to talk more about that important day in our lives. Not the day that we were born, but the day that we were reborn, and the day that we found our purpose And so in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, uh, let me just share this scripture with you out of the message paraphrase, uh, and it says these words. Paul says, it's in Christ. Who is it in? Oh, it's in Christ that we find out what? Who we are and what we're living for. Your purpose. That Paul said a long time ago, it's in Jesus. It's in Jesus' words that we find out who we are and what we're living for. It's not in any other place, like not in any other person or not in any other book or anything that anyone has said to you, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. And so I want us just to repeat this out loud. Uh, We're going to put it on the screen, and I want you to say it with me. And so I'm going to say one, two, three, read, and we're going to read it out loud because I want you to not only say it, but I want you to hear yourself saying it. And I would encourage you to even memorize this one verse. But let's read it together. One, two, three, read. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Listen, you have a purpose, and your purpose is found in Christ. Your purpose is a unique contribution that you are designed to make in the world. It's the only one. You're unique. God has created within you this unique contribution that only you can contribute, that you were designed to make in the world. And you are here for a purpose. And throughout scripture, we are going to see over the next few weeks how God is speaking your purpose over you. Again, not the opinions of anyone else, only from Jesus. Paul goes on in verse 12 of the same verse, and he says this. He says, long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living, Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. I love this. Because listen, long before you were a twinkle in your mother's eye, long before that, God had a plan for you. He already had the blueprints for your life. He already knew how he was going to design you to fulfill a purpose that only you could fulfill in this world. And God is always working out his purposes. Paul says he's working it out in everything and everyone. 
So here's something that you might want to write down. It's not on the screen, but you might want to write it down. It's this. There is no such thing as an unpurposed person. There is no such thing as an unpurposed person. Every one of us has a purpose. And if you're alive, guess what? You've got a purpose. If you still have breath in your lungs, you have a purpose. If there is a pulse beating in you, you have a purpose. It's all because you have a purpose. God is not finished with you. And if we're going to discover our purpose, we must go to the great designer, the one who created us, the creator himself. But too often we don't. Too often we go to other places and we try and figure out why we were created on our own. We go and we ask this person or we go and read this self-help book or we go and we follow a horoscope reading that is going to, uh, rather than going to the source, the original source. But the truth of the matter is the creator knows the purpose for the creation. The creator knows why he created you. And so we see this in kids' art most of all. So I found this picture of uh, a little drawing. Anyone know what that is? Jellyfish. Jellyfish. That's a good answer. Yeah, that's my family. <laughs> so maybe not my family, but it's a family. And, and I love it when kids come up to you and they, they're so proud of their drawing, something they've drawn, and, they, and they, 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 they give it to you and they say, look, look at what I drew you. Look at what I, I gave you. And, and you have no idea, Right. You're like, I have no, is that a dinosaur? Like, is that, is that planet Earth? You have no idea what it is. And, 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 and you're, like, you're like, I don't know. And so what do you do? You're like, oh, that's nice. What is it? And they're like, well, that's you, right? And you're like, oh. Or they're like, that's, that's your family or that's a dinosaur. And, and they tell you what it is. And you're like, I don't know. And when you don't know what it is, what do you do? You ask the creator. You ask the creator, what is this? And just like kids art, we try and guess why we were created. Like we try and figure it out. We're like, man, jellyfish. Yeah, no. Uh, maybe that's like corn. I don't know. No, that's my family. And so we, we try and guess why we were created. And the creator, God's saying, I'm the one who made you. Like I'm the creator. I drew the picture. Ask me, ask me. I know what I created you for. And so often, we don't go to the creator. We go to something else. We go to someone else to try and figure it out. Rick Warren said these words. He says, you were made by God and for God. And until you understand that, life will never make sense. You were created by God and for God. And until you understand that, life will never make sense. And it's true. Like you will spend the rest of your life spinning your wheels until you grasp the idea that you were made by God. And not only were you made by God, but you were made for God. And so we were made by God. And, 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 and God has given us a great purpose. And he has given us a great design. And I don't want you to miss out on the reason for why you are alive. Because if there's breath in your lungs, there's a reason why. However, I think we know this to be true, that we spend so much time frustrated because we are not responding to the calling God has on our lives. 
I mean, at 30, when I was having my 30th birthday, I was having that moment of crisis because I wasn't living my life and the calling that God had placed on my life. And I was frustrated and I was angry. And I was like, there's got to be more to this life than what I'm experiencing right now. And God's up there going, I drew you. I know. I designed you. I have the blueprints. I made you. And so we spend way too much time frustrated because we're not responding to God's calling in our life. And, and you might think, well, Pastor Rick, I got a good job and it provides a good living for me. But let me just tell you, when you are walking in your calling, it provides a real way of living, a way of living that you've never experienced before. And so we are made by God and we are made for God. But there are some obstacles there's some obstacles that get in the way. There's some obstacles that hinder us from living God's calling in our lives. And we see a couple of these obstacles, and, and again, in the book of Ephesians, in the letter that Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 2. And I just invite you, if you have your Bibles, just go ahead and open up with me to Ephesians chapter 2. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 3 together. And, and Ephesians is really this beautiful letter. And I kind of alluded to this earlier, but it's this beautiful letter that was circulated around to the churches, around the surrounding area of Ephesus, and it answers two questions. It answers the questions, why am I alive? And it answers the questions, what am I supposed to do? And so Paul, who wrote this, knew that we needed the answer to those questions. Why am I alive and what am I supposed to do? And so here's what he begins to write in Ephesians chapter uh, 2 and starting in verses 1 through 3. And here's what he says. He says, as for you, so that's you, all of us, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Now, the kingdom of the air, that's like a weird thing. What does that mean? Who, who's the ruler of the kingdom of the air? Well, it's not Jesus. So back in, in, the, in biblical times, you had like three places. You had earth, you had the air, and then you had heaven. And so the earth, that's where we lived. The kingdom, uh, kingdom of the air, that was where the evil one lived and all the demons. And then you had heaven, that's where God existed. And so here Paul is saying, uh, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. That was the evil one, the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. Verse 3 goes on and says, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Welcome to Warehouse Church. Today we're going to talk about wrath. God's wrath. Are you excited? So no, we're not. But today, you know, we think of, when, we, when we hear the word wrath, when we hear God's wrath, we, we think of this pent-up anger, right? This pent-up anger that God has and he unleashes on us at his pleasure, and that's not what God's wrath is. That's our wrath. That's what we do. That's not what God does. You see, wrath is God's dis, um, consistent displeasure with the things of sin in your life and in my life. That's what wrath really is. It's God's consistent displeasure with the things of sin in your life and in my life. And, 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 and God is basically saying in his wrath, it can't be this way. He's like, you can't continue to live a life of sin. I love you too much, and I gave too much for you to live a life that's not fully living in your purpose. I created you. I designed you with a purpose. 
And it breaks my heart, God's saying, when you're not living in that purpose. And Paul says this uh, as he goes on and he says, listen, here's the first obstacle to living God's purpose in your life. And the first obstacle is your past. It's our past. The enemy comes in and reminds us of our past. He reminds us of your past behaviors, your past mistakes, uh, words you've said, relationships you've had. Uh, maybe the divorce that you've gone through or the, the addictions that you may have had or the positions and op opinions that you shared that were not good opinions and positions and the evil one loves to remind you of your past. He loves to whisper in your ear, remember when you did that? Remember when you said that? Remember when you experienced that? And he loves to remind us of our past. And, and so this is an obstacle that we have to declare these words to. And we have to say, I'm not defined by my past. I'm designed for a future. I'm not, I'm not defined by my past. I'm designed for a future. Paul says, listen, we were dead. He's like, we were dead in our sin. We didn't need repair. We needed a miracle. We needed a resurrection, Right? And that's what we celebrated last week was the resurrection, God taking dead things and bringing them back to life. And Paul's like, you didn't need repair. You needed a resurrection. And you may know what I'm talking about because maybe you've done or you've experienced something in your past that you needed a miracle, that there was nothing that was going to rescue you from whatever situation you were in than a miracle, a resurrection in your life. And I just want you to know if that's you today, if you're like, man, I'm at a dead end. I don't know where I'm going. I'm at the end of my rope. And you're like, I need a miracle. That's what God wants to provide for you. It's a miracle. You didn't just need a tune-up, right? Like when you were in that place, you needed heaven to come to earth and revive you and give you new life. And that's exactly what we have is new life in Christ. Paul says these words in Ephesians. He says, you were dead you were, if you're a believer in Jesus, if you said yes to Jesus Christ, he says you were dead in your transgressions and your sins in which you used to live, your past. And Paul wants us to know that there are two spheres of influences in our lives, right? Like you are either walking in sin or you are walking in Christ. There is no middle ground. It's either you're walking in sin or you're walking in Christ. But we like to think that there is middle ground. Like we like, we find comfort in middle ground. And, and maybe you grew up going to church. Maybe you like had a drug problem when you were young. You were drugged to church every time the doors were open, right? And like, uh, like, like maybe you grew up going to church, but you never believed anything going on inside. Like you went, you sat, you listened. Sometimes you drew on your little bulletin when they gave out bulletins. You counted the number of tiles in the ceiling, you did everything. Some of you probably know the number of lights and the light bulbs in here. But you didn't believe any of it. You thought just because you went to church, you were a good person. Like, I got a star by my name because I went to church on Sunday. But you would leave church on Sunday and you would go and do all the awful things you wanted to do during the week. And the consequence, sadly, of sin is the separation from God which Paul calls death. As a matter of fact, Romans says the wages of sin is death. Like it's separation from God forever. And that's the consequences. But there are benefits too, right? There are benefits to those of us who walk in Christ. 
Like for those of us who have declared our allegiance to Jesus, those of us who have said yes to Jesus, there's benefits. Because the Bible says that when we say yes to Jesus, that we are made uh, a new creation. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he says, therefore, if anyone, everybody say anyone. anyone. Who's anyone? Everyone. everyone is anyone. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. Anyone who says yes to Jesus is made a new creation in Christ. So if the consequences of sin is death, the benefit of Christ is new life. And what Paul was saying is that there's this passing of the old way of living and the arrival into a new way of life. And so you might be thinking, but, but Pastor Rick, you don't know how bad my past was. Like you don't, you don't get, you don't know the things that I've done. And I would say to you, you're right. I don't know. And guess what? Jesus doesn't care about your past. This is your opportunity to make your mess your ministry. Like this is a chance for you to take the things that you've experienced in your past and turn them into a ministry in the future because Jesus isn't concerned about your past. He's only concerned about your future. And this is why I think small groups is such a big deal. It's such a big deal because we have things that we can share with one another and encourage one another to discover their purpose and their plan for their life. And when we're in small groups and we're in sharing with each other what's going on in our lives, we are impacting the lives of people around us. And so maybe your past is your obstacle, but maybe not. Like maybe your past was a good past. Like maybe you were a good kid and maybe you had a great life and you're like, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot going on in my past. Well, then maybe an obstacle, maybe it might be that you think this, that maybe you're thinking I was a mistake, therefore I am a mistake. Maybe your obstacle number two is this, that I was treated as worthless, so therefore I am worthless. Maybe it says I'm an accident. Uh, so the declaration for you today is this. It's like I'm not an accident because God, God doesn't create anything accidentally. Like maybe you grew up in a home where you were told you were an accident. We didn't plan on you. You were a, you were a surprise, right? Like they, they say, we, well, we really weren't expecting you. But guess what? They may not have been expecting you, but God was. God was expecting you. He was waiting. He couldn't wait. And he was like, I can't wait to show the world how awesome you are. You are not an accident because I am God and I don't make accidents. So if you walked into here today, maybe feeling neglected or abandoned or abused, there is a God who crazy loves you and who sent his son to die for you. And you can put all of your hope in him, knowing that he created you with a purpose and you're not an accident. So if you're looking for acceptance and validation, you can find that. And you can find it in God's word. Psalm tells us this in Psalm 139. It says, Every, uh, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. God has a plan for your life. He created you and you are unique and uniquely gifted. And he has a purpose for your life. And that's why we go to our creator. That's why we go to our creator when we're wondering why we were created. He knows he knows because he designed you. And the good news is that there is no one on earth like you. And God is not finished with you. So if you're here today and you're like, I don't know why I'm here. 
I pray that you leave here knowing that God has a purpose and a plan for your life. He created you with that. And you just need to keep asking him the answer, the question, why am I here? Remember what I said earlier, there's no such thing as an unpurposed person. God has something for every single one of us. He sees you, he understands you, and he loves you because he created you. Paul goes on in in verse four of Ephesians chapter two, and he says these words, he says, but, and I love that. I tell you every time, anytime you see the word but in the dictionary, conjunction, junction, or in the dictionary, in the Bible, conjunction, junction, what's my function? Like you need to pay attention, all right? Because something else is coming up. So, So Paul said, you were dead in your sin, you needed a miracle, and then he says, but in verse four, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raises us up with Christ and, and seated, seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in com, uh, coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Number eight, very important, verse eight. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith and it is not from yourselves, it is a gift from God. So, God, so Paul's reminding us that you were not saved by anything you did not by any works, not by anything that you said, not by any amount of money you've given. It says it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is a gift from God. Verse nine, he reiterates, not by works so that no one can boast. And then verse 10, he says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Listen, Paul's saying these words. He's saying, you were dead. You were dead, but... God transformed, wants to transform your life. And the only way to overcome these obstacles and experience the fulfillment of God's purpose in your life is to walk in what God has for you. And by understanding that my purpose is a gift, my purpose is a gift of God's grace and love. Listen, your purpose is a priceless gift that was given to you because of God's grace and love for you. And what do you have to do to get it? Like, you're like, I want my purpose. I want to know what I was here for. What was I created for? What do I have to pay? What do I have to do? And guess what? Paul reminds us there's nothing, absolutely nothing you can do, no amount of money you can pay, that all you have to do is want it and receive it. It's a gift from God. It's a gift from God full of his mercy and his grace. And when we receive this gift, we're no longer under the ruler of the rule of the ruler. We're no longer living under the ruler of the air, but we are living under the ruler of all things, Jesus. We are no longer under the influence of sin. We are now living under the influence of Christ. And look at verse 10 with me again. Here's what it says in the NLT. It says, for we are God's what? Masterpiece. And he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. We are made new in Jesus. So, and here's why we are created new. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You know what that says to me? It says you've got a purpose. That God made you for a purpose and he planned it a long time ago. You've always had a purpose. You've always been on God's mind. You always have had a plan for your life. And because of what God has done, you are a new creation. And just like in the first creation when God created everything, like go back to Genesis, 
when God was creating everything. He created man and woman, right? He created man and woman in the garden, and he told them, he said, I want you to be fruitful and to multiply. And he's saying the same thing to us today. He's saying, listen, church, you, you are a new creation. And he's saying that to every one of us in this room. You are a new creation, and I want you to be fruitful, and I want you to multiply. I want you to bear the fruit of people who follow me. I want you to bear the fruit of people who multiply disciples so that more people can know who I am. Would you just live out your purpose? Because there is going to be a day. There's going to be a day when Jesus comes back and he's going to ask the question, where are my people? He's going to ask the question, where are my people? And my prayer is that you will be one in the crowd, that your hand will sheepishly go up and you'll say, um, uh, Jesus, I know where some of your people are. I know where some of your people are because they're living on my streets. I know where some of your people are because they're my neighbors and they're my friends and they're my coworkers and they're my family. I know where some of your people are because it took me 15 years to convince them to come and follow you. But they're ready to go now. So Jesus, you asked, where are my people? I got some of them living in my street. I got my neighbors. I got some of them that, are, that go to work with me. They're my coworkers. I got some of them that do life with me. They're my friends. You see, Jesus, I discovered why on earth I'm here. And because I discovered my purpose, the end game was that more and more people know who you are so when Jesus comes back and he asks you the question where are my people will you be able to answer I know where some are I got my crew I got my tribe I got my family I got my holler I got my people and they're all ready to be with you Jesus you see our role our role is to be as active and productive as the first creation, to make and to multiply more and more disciples of Jesus. And the way that we do that is by fulfilling and living out our purpose. But some of us, some of us don't know that we need to live our purpose. We haven't figured that out yet. But our prayer is that today, that today would be the day that you begin to discover why on earth am I here? The big reason is to make Jesus known. But how you do that looks different for every single person in this room. And so let's go on a journey over the next few weeks. Let's discover why you're here. And let's sign up for Kazon so that we can get really down and dirty into, the, into it and figuring out what our purpose is and that we can leave here confidently knowing what our purpose is and how that's going to look like in every day of our lives. Because I'm telling you, church, and I'll tell you again and again and again, you were created for a reason, a purpose. 
until you discover what your purpose is, you're gonna spend your life frustrated, overwhelmed, and wondering if there's got to be more in this life. But when you figure out what your purpose is, you'll live your life fulfilled and living a life like you've never imagined because you're living in step with God's calling on your life. So ask yourself the question, do you know why on earth you're here? Do you know? If you do, great. If you don't, keep coming back so that we can discover together why on earth you're here. Would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you so much for creating each of us uniquely as individuals, so unique that we all have a different purpose and calling in our lives. God, the end game is the same for all of us. You want to see more and more people come to know you. But how we get to that point is different for every one of us. And God, you've called some of us to be nurses and doctors and to use that gifting to tell others about you. Some of us, you've called us to be moms and dads. Some of us, you've called us to work in kids ministry and to tell little ones that they were created for a purpose. God, some of us, you've called to work in an office or to be an electrician or a plumber so that you can uniquely tell other people about Jesus. Father, my prayer is today is that we would leave here knowing that we have been created for a purpose and that we would begin to ask the creator what he created us for. And Lord, if there's someone in this room who has never said yes to you, prayer is that today would be the day that they would surrender their life to you. That today would be the day that they would move from death to life. That today would be the day that they would leave their life of sin behind and live a life full of grace and full of love and full of purpose. If that's you today, if you're here and you've never said yes to Jesus, it's really not that hard right now in your seat just say Jesus I want you I choose you over my life of sin I invite you to be my Lord and my Savior I invite you the creator to come and walk with me the rest of my life just, just pray that prayer to Jesus. You can even say, Jesus, I don't understand it all. I just know I want you in my life. Yes, Lord. There are those of you in this room that maybe you've been living a, a life of frustration because you're like, yeah, I've never really figured out what my purpose is. Why don't you just invite Jesus to begin to reveal to you why on earth you're here? Just say, Jesus, I want to know. Like, I, I'm tired of trying to figure it out on my own. I'm coming to the creator. Let's crack open my blueprints. And why don't you show me 
why I'm here. Just even say, Jesus, I know that the end game is so that other people would know you, come to know you. But what does that look like for my life? Like why, how have you uniquely designed me to tell others about you? I wasn't called to be a preacher. I wasn't called to be an evangelist. I wasn't called to be this or that, but God, what, what did you call me to be? Or maybe I was called to be a preacher. I was called to be an evangelist. I was called a missionary. How do I get started? Go to the creator right now. And just ask him why he created you. What was his purpose for you? Father, we thank you. Thank you that you didn't create junk. Thank you that you didn't create any unpurposed people. Father, that you didn't make anyone by accident. But that, Lord, we were all here. And we were all planned to be here long before we even were a sparkle in our mama's eyes. Now, Lord, may we discover our purpose for this life. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand up together and we want to sing. And I, my prayer is as we leave here that you leave here knowing that you have a purpose in your life. I pray that you would leave here beginning to explore what that is or if you know what that is, celebrating that. Uh, but we want to give you an opportunity to come before the Lord in prayer. Uh, this is our altar area. We'd love for you to come up and spend time in prayer before the cross. Uh, we don't feel like shame or embarrassed. You just come. Nobody's going to look at you differently. You just come up here and pray. If you don't want to come by yourself, grab the person sitting next to you or in front of you or behind you and say, come with me. If you want someone to pray with you, I'm right up front here. I'd love to spend some time in prayer with you. But let's sing uh, this last song uh, from our hearts and sing as people who know that they were created with a purpose.